The Bible Study Podcast, episode 626. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Nehemiah with chapter 6. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We are not yet done with Nehemiah. We're not even quite halfway yet. The story has not ended. There is further opposition in this chapter. You may remember we left last chapter with a little bit of a hiatus as we talked about the poor and how people were dealing with the poor. But we get back to the work of building the wall. Further opposition to the rebuilding. When the word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Jeshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time Sanbalat sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it is true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king, so come, let us meet together. I sent him this reply, nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Remember Tobiah and Sanballat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Noadia and how she and the rest of the prophets had been trying to intimidate me, so the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. The one thing that's amazing to me among many things in this is that this whole work that they've been putting off for decades took 52 days. And I wonder in my life, are there things that I have been putting off that are great works? There are things that I've been putting off that should be done, that God is calling me to do, that maybe take a lot of hard work. This wall was a lot of hard work, but it didn't take as long as it seemed like it would. The fact that they put it off for so long, for decades, I just assumed that this is a work that would take years or a year or something like that, rather than less than a couple months. 
And what is it that keeps us from completing the things we start? Or what is it that keeps us from starting the things we should? One of the things that the people here are trying to do is active opposition. They're trying to kill Nehemiah. And if they can't kill him, if they can't get him to come out to them and go to a place where they can kill him, then they're going to discredit him. And so they're trying to get him to be afraid, or they're trying to just remove him from the situation, or they're trying to give him a bad name as someone who would run away. And he resists all of those things. Going back to the beginning of this too, uh, one of the things I thought was funny is, come, let us meet together in the villages on the plain of Ono. And Ono was exactly what Nehemiah said in return. Oh no, I can't do that. I have work to do. Basically, meeting with you doesn't help me complete this great work. And he understood that what he was working on was he was working on something that he was called by God to do, and that anything that distracted from that was a distraction from this great work. And I like this single-minded focus of Nehemiah, which is, I think, one of the reasons why it took 52 days. And I had said that the jewelers and those people were doing their work at the same time. I may have been wrong about that. They may have just set aside the things they were doing for these less than two months and just concentrated on the wall. I think in my, in my head, I was thinking this was going to take longer, and I wonder if that was the same with them as well. They tried subterfuge, although it really wasn't that <laughs> effective in the sense that come out and meet with us away from the wall, away from your people, because we want to talk to you, didn't work very well. It really wasn't a particularly good trap, as traps go. The letter, I thought, was a more effective letter, or would have been more effective in more cases, because remember, the work on the wall had been stopped before, because rumors had come up that the reason why they were building the wall was that they were going to rebel against Persia. That's what stopped the work on the wall originally. Now, of course, one thing that's different is when word gets back from Sanballat, for instance, the king is going to say, well, who's Sanballat? I know Nehemiah. Nehemiah was my cupbearer. Nehemiah was the one I trusted with my life that my cup wasn't being poisoned. Right? This is someone who I trust. And so it wasn't going to work, probably, assuming that it was going back to a king who was a good king and a wise king. But it's a better threat in the sense that it seems more likely to be taken seriously of we're going to tell the king basically you're revolting against him because they had a reputation for revolting. They had revolted against the Babylonians, for instance, before they were finally taken into exile. They were a stubborn people is what God called them. And then we get that last thing, that threat, your life is in danger and I don't know how it is that Nehemiah was able to discern that this was a lie, whether he's just reading the person who is telling him this or whether he is getting some indication from God that this is a lie. doesn't say. But it says that he knew that this was a threat and that it was made to weaken him. It was made to make him look like he was weak because he was fleeing from these threats. And, of course, if the threats turn out to not be true, that it looks even weaker. But he ignores all those things. They concentrate on the work. They focus and they get it done in 52 days. So all the opposition stops and everybody lives happily ever after, right? No. 
No. Opposition to the completed wall. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah, and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them. For many in Judah were under oath to him, since he was son-in-law to Shechaniah, son of Ara, and his son Jehoanan had married the daughters of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds, and then telling me what I said, and Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. Two things going on there. The one is easy to understand and the one is much more complicated. And so the first thing that is easy to understand is that because they finished it, their enemies lost confidence. Because they saw that they had gotten this great work done, they thought maybe this work was done because of the help of God. And so a lot of the opposition at this point does stop. But it's interesting that we get then this Tobiah, and one of the things about Tobiah is he has these ties to many of the nobles. So when we say noble, again, noble isn't something that comes up, as I recall, in the kings and in the earlier histories, but it comes up here in Nehemiah. So it's people who are claiming a special relationship or a special position because of their lineage. And what we know about nobility is that it gets intertied by marriage and intertied by bloodlines. And that's what's happening here is people are under oath to this Tobiah because he's the son-in-law of so-and-so and and the son of so-and-so and and married to so-and-so. It's all of those family ties that tie together nobility. And because of that, they are reporting to him and sending letters to him and under oath to him. They have promises they have to him. Well, Tobiah is in opposition to this work. Even now, Tobiah is sending letters to intimidate Nehemiah. And so these people have half loyalty to Nehemiah. And half-hearted is what many of us can be when it comes to a great work, where we really want to get that done, but there are so many other things that we want to get done, and there's that new show that is on Netflix, and our season opener for our favorite show is just coming up, and Really, it seems like it would be fun to go out to dinner to that new restaurant. And all of those things are fine unless they're distracting us from that great work that God wants us to do. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. 
or lifeaudio.com.